Activia offers a range of yogurts which are a delicious way to look after your gut health. From the fruit range with carefully selected ingredients to no added sugar and 0% fat offering, as well as a cereals range, there's an Activia for everyone. Made with a unique blend of five ferments creating an irresistibly creamy texture, each pot of Activia is a source of calcium, making it the perfect addition to your daily routine. Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry. Folks, stress is a major obstacle to human flourishing, and there are two ways it can affect us. It can affect our mind, and it can affect our bodies. It's the effect of stress on the body that I want to really discuss today. And to fill us in, I'm delighted to be joined by lifestyle medicine physician and longevity expert and host of the Health Hacktivators podcast, Dr. Alka Patel. Alka, welcome to the show. How are you? I am awesome. Thank you so much, Carl. We're delighted to have you on. You have a lovely de-stressing voice, uh, which is very important. We're going to talk about how stressed out people are. Uh, And it's fair to say there are incredibly high levels of stress amongst the population now, isn't there? People are generally very, very stressed on a day-to-day basis. Oh, for sure. And I, you know, I hear it all the time. And I do have a little bit of worry about the way we use the word stress as well, Carl, because I hear eight-year-olds saying that they're stressed. (laughs) So what is going on? And of course, you know, we, we also say we're we're in the midst of a stress epidemic as well. So it's a word that is used a lot. So let's start with that then. Let's expand on the word. What what is stress and where does it begin? Yeah, great question. So stress is really, when you get to the nitty-gritty of it, it is a physiological response. It's your body's response to a stressor. And I think that's where a lot of confusion happens. So the stressor is the trigger that then triggers a stress response. And what people kind of don't often kind of think about is that question, where does it where does it begin? So this is the bit I love because uh, this is all the anatomy and the neurology and the physiology. So it starts off in a part of your brain, which is the base of your brain, and it's called the amygdala. Love that word, amygdala. And this is the part of your brain that responds to emotions. So what it does is it assesses, you know, sort of new situations, unknown situations. And then once your amygdala detects that there's something going on, some kind of risk, then it fires off to your hypothalamus and then it signals to your pituitary gland and then it talks to your adrenal gland. And then you get this huge surge of two hormones. So these are ones people may be familiar with, adrenaline and cortisol. So this whole thing is this beautiful and complex integrated kind of system. And it's something that we call your HPA, your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. I love all these words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very impressed already. You have all the words flowing flowing off your tongue as we chat. Okay, so basically that, you know, if people say they're stressed, there's always a stressor. So if I come into a podcast to interview a new guest, I'm always slightly stressed. I come in, the brain kicks off, eventually cortisol gets released into the system. But there is always a stressor. So when people reflect on their day, thinking how stressed they are, more often than not, it's looking for what that stressor is, identifying that stressor. That plays a huge role in kind of in de-stressing people too, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, hugely. And I think, you know, the when you think about what is the stressor, I mean, we're constantly exposed to triggers. 
And then we get into this sense of, well, what's a, you know, what's a positive trigger? Or what's, a, what's a negative trigger? What's, what is uh, eustress, which is a word that we're again starting to see increasingly being used as positive stress versus distress, which we're also very familiar with using. And it's really not just the stress and the trigger of that, but your response to it that is super, super important. Yeah. So again, so there are some, you know, stress is, po- stress is good for us. In, a, in in some way, shape, or form, it can be, and when it's channeled the right way, there is a you know there is a positive stress response. Oh yeah, I I look, I will hand up. I love stress. <laughs> <laughs> I love stress, and you know people go, what, what the hell are you talking about? Why why ha- why do you love stress? Because everywhere we go, and you'll hear this all the time as well, Carl. Like people are going, I want to be unstressed. I don't want stress. I become stress free. But seriously, if you're stress free then you're dead because we need stress. It's that it's a trigger for, it's an activation. You wouldn't be able to get out of bed without your stress response back to that kind of cortisol that I was describing earlier. That's what cortisol is doing. It's activating you because there's also another term, all these terms around stress, plus stress, which is the sort of apathy that we have if we don't have that motivation molecule floating around us. So we've got to find that right bite point is what is that bite point that gives you that sense of I've got to get on, I'm focusing, I'm active, I'm, I'm zoned in, I'm connected, I'm feeling good. And of course, stress isn't something just from modern day times. It, it's, you know, it's, it's our prehistoric past, isn't it? it? It almost begins there. Oh, God, hugely. So look, if you go back a gazillion years and you think about civilization, it used to be very hunting focused, right? Hunting was what was necessary for survival. And then survival by hunting was also something very thrilling, right? You can imagine the the thrill of the chase and the thrill of the kill and the thrill of finding food. But all of this is, of course, is also inherently very risky business. And this is going back a gazillion years. But this stress response has become ingrained in our genetics now. So it's all part of this sort of flight and fright response that we have, that cortisol surge, that adrenaline surge. But if you think about it, when you talk about stress, there's three things that get very entwined. So one is risk, go back to you know the risk of hunting. Two is survival, because that's what we're trying to do when we're seeking food. And three is thrill. There's three things, risk, survival, and thrill that really get entwined in our, in our stress responses. And presumably that all ties in with our emotions, doesn't it? In terms of, you know, they're all related back to your emotions in terms of there might be happy emotions or sad emotions or frustration or anger or whatever. But it's stress and, and, and emotions are linked. Oh, yeah, hugely, hugely. Um, because the, the emotion is what triggers the stress response as well. Um, and it's really interesting when you, when you talk about emotion, because I ask a lot of people ask me and we talk a lot about emotions, like you've already said, happiness, sadness, fear, shame, guilt, anger. But most people don't really kind of stop and think, well, what, what is an emotion? Like, what really is it beyond kind of that word, something that's very, very hard to describe? And what I hear a lot as well, Carl, is this kind of muddle between emotions and feelings. So it might be quite useful for kind of listeners to just kind of have a bit of a distinction between them, because I think it's super, super helpful, is really to think about emotions as your signals to take action. So if you think about that, they, you've got this emotion and the next thing you do based on that emotion is take action. So zone in whenever you've got that feeling of sadness or happiness or fear or anger, just you've got that moment of choice which says, 
What action do I take now? Whereas feelings, on the other hand, they're your sort of more psychological response to your emotions. And that's all related to your beliefs and your previous experiences. So this is all about how your brain perceives an emotion and then attaches a meaning to it. Because the emotion itself doesn't have meaning until you attach meaning to it. And then it becomes a feeling. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Let's take that a step further then. So in terms of managing that and in terms of dealing with it, so whether it's in, if it's a negative stress or a negative emotion or a negative feeling, you've got a really good analogy for dealing with that type of stress, haven't you? Yeah, I think that we've got to be quite careful when we talk about sort of you know, not wanting negative emotions and trying to get rid of these you know negative feelings and I don't want to feel the fear and I don't want to feel sad and I don't want to feel angry. And I think this is the, one of the worst things that I hear from people because they say I want to be stress-free or I don't want to be feel so angry all the time or feel so upset all the time. But this is where I would suggest just pause. Just allow yourself to experience that emotion. Let yourself feel it. And then decide what you're going to do with it. Because the more time you spend trying to suppress that emotion, the more connected and fused you become with it. So this is where things like mindfulness and meditation and exercise and social connections and kind of healthy lifestyles can really help you to, to understand your emotions and, and just sit with them. Okay, so it's very much kind of noticing that emotion and then kind of almost naming it. And then dealing with it uh, in terms of dealing with that, the, you know, to, to de-stress that emotion. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's, it's taking the step back and seeing the bigger picture a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, exactly. You, you've kind of taken my, uh, my words out of my mouth there. So these are the three M's that you're alluding to. So this is my three M technique, which is firstly, as you said, quite rightly, notice. Just be aware of your emotions. And then name them, like call it out. You know, the moment you, need, you experience something, know what it is that you're experiencing. And then the third end, which is neutralize, neutralize it. Don't try and avoid it, but just neutralize it so that you've got a space for you to be able to make a choice. And the way to neutralize it is to come out of your head, get back into the present. So back to mindfulness and being in the, in the moment. Think about instead five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can touch, two things you can taste, one thing that you can smell. And you're right here in the present moment deciding what you're going to do with that emotion rather than in the land of what if or if only. I suppose over the course of a day or a 24 hour time frame, there is a roller coaster of emotions over the course of the day, isn't it? And, and by being able to pull yourself back a little bit and identify them, deal with them a little bit better, it just makes the day a little bit easier. Oh, for sure. And I think the mistake that we kind of make in today's 24-7 society is the go, 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 right? We're constantly on the go, moving from one thing to the next thing. And really, Carl, we're not designed like that. We're designed instead to oscillate. So I talk about this as kind of zoning in on your ebb and flow rather than go, go, go. So give yourself those moments of pause. And this is, again, you know, connecting to that innate intuition that you have, connect to your, to your feelings, to your emotions, to your kind of physiology as well. Know when your palms are a bit sweaty or your voice is getting a bit squeaky or your, your pulse rate is racing a, a little bit more. And that's those moments to that, ah, a signal, I'm going to step out. And the amazing thing is, is that we do have control over our nervous system. We can actually take over our nervous system. This is why I talk about hacking your health um, all the time. And my podcast is called Health Activated um, because it's about being able to say, right, nervous system, I'm in charge of you. 
So simple thing like like breathing, right? If you slow your breath rate down to less than six breaths a minute, bang, stress response closed down, relaxation response triggered. And it is that, isn't it? It's it's that sense of you're driving the car of your day or of life. It's the control bit and taking control of your breathing, which then regulates your nervous system, which regulates your stress levels. It, it And alternatively, it's that sense of being out of control that often stresses people out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, control is very important to us, but we're so quick as well as sort of relinquishing control. And I see this so much in the in the health space. A lot of people come to me when, you know, they're almost kind of ready to give away their health. Like, Hang on, hold on to it. Right. Start to learn about yourself. And I use a lot of uh, data and technology um, with my clients as well. Things like sort of, you know, wearable data rings and sugar sensors uh, as well to kind of really allow yourself to get to know what are those signals your body is giving you that you can then act on. Okay, so it's using kind of technology to inform yourself about yourself yes. and about the things that trigger you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because there's something, um, I don't know if you've come across this phenomenon before, but you've probably experienced it in normal day-to-day life, is that when you're being watched, your behavior changes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so now we're in this kind of incredible you know, world of tech where we can have eyes on ourselves. And when you've got eyes on yourself, your behavior is going to change. When you can see that you're, you haven't slept well, or you can see your heart rate is going up, or when you can see that your sugar levels spiked, trust me, your behavior and your actions has got this kind of automatic way of changing because you're able to respond to yourself rather than that, you know, ostrich with the head in the sand kind of approach. And I suppose that's one of the, the, the ways that technology can really help us. But technology for a lot of people can be a big stressor in itself, can't it? In terms of social media, in terms of that phone attachment that we have, can actually elevate people's stress levels too. Yeah, it's really easy, interesting when we start talking about kind of digital tech and the phone is the the enemy and social media is is the enemy. And I think uh, I've seen it cut both ways. So there is this whole sense of, you know, doom scrolling on your phone and just getting kind of caught up in, in that. And that's kind of a very passive way to handle stress. Yes, in the moment, it can just feel like, look, I deserve this time. It's my downtime. So there is some positivity attached to that. You can get into this kind of flow state when you're when you're scrolling on your phone. But really, when you think about it, what you're looking at as well can increase your stress because suddenly you've got this information overload. You're comparing yourself to others. You're reading negative comments, there's cyberbullying, there's pressure to be this ideal version of yourself. So that can then increase your stress levels as well. So I always think, you know, with your digital tech, just be purposeful and be really intentional about how you're using it. But it, it's here. We've got to we've got to capitalize on it and make the most of it. Do you think some people seek the the thrill of that out though? That they 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 click onto Instagram or or Twitter or whatever it may or X as it's now called or whatever it may be, and they almost seek out that that stress response from seeing if they got a like or a comment or whatever. That 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 it's you know we're kind of automatically seeking those stresses now. Yeah, I got that's such a brilliant question to kind of raise and, and, and something to discuss because, like I said, I love stress, right? But the thing is, the question is, do we seek it out on, on purpose? And if you go back to what I said earlier about the, the risk and the survival and the thrill, well, then yes, it's innate in us. We are seeking out stress. 
But we need to kind of really think about, you know, why do we do this? So there's been quite a lot of research um, done on this sense of sort of sensation seeking, right? Seeking that thrill, whether it's, you know, the dopamine response from the tap on your phone to see who's uh, who's liked your, your recent post or whether you're kind of, you know, skiing down a mountain. Um, there's this really great um, scale um, as well, Carl, which uh, might be useful for listeners to have a look at, which is called the sensation seeking scale. And what it does is it will categorize you into whether oh, wow. you're a kind of thrill seeker um, or not. And this is about, you know, your tolerance for exhilaration. But there's kind of usually four types of people who really do seek out seek out the stress and seek out the thrill and, and the risk and those kind of want those instinctive survival mechanisms turned on. So number one is people who are looking for adventure. Number two is people who are looking for new experiences and thrive on those. Three is people who want to just lose their inhibitions. And four, which is interesting, is people who are bored easily. Right. So if you're one of those, then (laughs) you are a sensation seeker. (laughs) And, you know, if you're one of those... it is addictive, isn't it? That 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 thrill, that 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 dose of cortisol into the system or adrenaline into the system. It's an addictive sensation that, that some people can can you know keep coming back to time and time again. Yeah, and I think you know there's there's kind of the benefits and the risks of of all of that because I think yes, tune into that tap into that adrenaline makes you feel good you know you're not just releasing adrenaline you're releasing cortisol and dopamine and oxytocin and endorphins what i call your daily dose do dose like we need those daily doses of our of our neurochemistry to be flooding through our system but always be mindful of safety right like you know you're going out on the chase chasing the lions like be safe. So whatever you're doing, um, and you'll see this in kind of, you know, risky sports and, and things like that is, is just be mindful of the safety aspect. I'm going to bring you away from stress for a second, because you know, you've know lots of areas you're very proud about and proud to talk about. And one of them is, is aging, isn't it? Your, chronolo- your chronological age and your biological age. And this is one of my, my soapboxes. I shout from the rooftops about this, that your age and your actual age are two very different things. And I want to bring your input in on this one as well. Oh, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you for, for bringing this up. And very, very related to stress. So I think, you know, it's still within, hugely within that container of stress. But yeah, the distinction really between um, age, and I think before we get into biological and chronological, is age and getting older. So those get muddled up all the time. So getting older, yeah, it's inevitable, right? We all get, we're all going to get older. We all do get older. We've got no control over time. The sun and the earth are going to continue their rotations forever in a day. But your age is very different because your age is what's happening at your cellular level, right? So this is your biological age connected to your genes and your chromosomes and your DNA and all of those physiological processes in your body. That's determining your age at a cellular level, your biological age, whereas your chronological age, yes, the stamp on your on your passport and the number on your on your birth certificate. But if you then pause, what is the greater predictor of, of your longevity, of your lifespan, of your health span? It's not your chronological age. You know, we've all seen people who are in their 70s and look really different. Those who are frail and, and struggling and those who are, you know, lifting their grandchildren up. And likewise, people in their 30s and 40s, like, what is the difference? It's not chronological age. It's what's going on with your biology. And all of that is very related to your lifestyle, hugely. 90% of illness, uh, Carl, is lifestyle related. And now aging is the disease like aging underlies and underpins absolutely everything 
And of course, you know, to improve how you age and to to improve your cellular age, it's about, you know, it's about being strong and being active and all that. But also it's how you deal with stress has a huge role to play in terms of how you age. Yeah. Yeah, hugely. Because what stress does, and I've you know described some of the cortisol and the adrenaline and all of that, but what it's triggering is inflammation. And inflammation in your body at a, at a small level is great because it's how you heal. You know, you cut yourself, your skin gets inflamed and you, it heals up. But when that becomes kind of ongoing and relentless, then that's when all the kind of ongoing inflammatory processes don't get a chance to reset. Your immune system is, is overactivated and all of those kind of disease processes start. And this is everything from Alzheimer's to diabetes, to heart disease, to cancer, to, to bowel problems, you, you name it. But there's this beautiful, beautiful fight point, as I said, that kind of sweet spot of, well, you've heard that phrase, have you, which is, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right. Yeah, exactly. So this is something that we call hormetic stress, which is really thinking about what is that sweet spot where I'm activating my survival mechanisms back to kind of, you know, early civilization, activating my survival mechanism so that I add years to my life, but not so much stress that it starts to stop me from being able to recover and and regenerate. Um, So this kind of hormesis hypothesis is very, very powerful. A lot of research pointing to this um, at the moment. And that's why things like fasting and cold water therapy and red light therapy and hyperoxygenation are now starting to become things that we're talking about much, much more because this is where you expose yourself to a degree of stress and your body says, right, what's going on here? You know, there's no food coming. I'm fasting. I'm going into survival mode. I'm switching on and activating survival genes. And you add years to your life and you reverse aging so that biologically you become younger. I love chatting to people who are passionate about what they do. It's brilliant. It's just makes such engaging listening for both myself and for our viewers. If people want to find you or find the podcast, tell us where they can find you. Oh, wonderful. Uh, message me on, on my socials. It's Dr. Alka Patel UK. I will uh, message you straight back. My website's a great place to, to get connected as well, particularly if you do want to reverse aging. I've got a program which is 10 years younger in 10 weeks. So uh, let's chat there and you can uh, you can ping me on my website. There's a contact page there as well. That's probably going to be the, the easiest. And my podcast as well, um, you mentioned Carl, which is Health Activators. So go and have a listen to that as well. That'd be amazing. Okay, it's been great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Folks, lots of things to think about after today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. As ever, you know where we are at Carl Henry PT on Instagram, realhealth at independent.ie. And we'll see you next week for more real health. Slong a full. 